proactive type of behavior, yep. which is writing thank you cards, which is um, uh, cultivating uh, new audiences for your dealership through social media, yep. which is doing things that actually help and give breathing room to your sales team to not feel like they have to be staring out a window and waiting for the up bus. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, you've done something foundationally that helps the team and helps the culture. Don't wait around for the up bus. Get in the driver's seat and take control of your operations. Are you ready to increase profitability, have better processes, and get proactive with your operations? Welcome to the Up Boss Podcast. Here's your hosts, Jason Harris and Jason Rice. Going on, what's up? Good to see you too. Ready to do this? Good wait for the Up Boss. Good wait for it. It's here. Look at this thing. Don't be around. All right, come on in. Hey, 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 what's going on? Podcast Nation is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on an episode of The Up Bus. I'm actually in The Up Bus. I stole the bus from Jason Rice. Sorry, Jason, I had to because I needed to come see the one and only Danny, all right, with VinQ and Country Hill Motors. Danny, what's going on, man? It's been a while. Yeah. It's good to see you. You're at my car dealership. I'm at your car dealership. I think last time we did a podcast together, we were talking about the car dealership. Now I'm finally actually here. You're so here, yeah. This is great. It's like, super cool, though, like worlds converging. You know what was really cool? Is you have this classic orange Toyota yeah, Cruiser. The FJ. The FJ over there. FJ40. I, I, I got to be honest with you. It, it's kind of speaking to me, man. It's <laughs> it matches the vibe. It matches the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, man, for coming to do this podcast with me. I, you know, Me and Jason have been working so hard to put this together. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he told me he was going to put together the actual bus, I was like, dude, you're crazy. Are you serious? <laughs> like- when you guys pulled up, uh, we had salespeople going, it's finally happening. It's, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Here, right? <laughs> At first, they were like, what? They thought I was like uh, pranking them. Like pranking them, right? Yeah. No, man, look, I mean, like, I, it's so funny. You know, when I first heard of the Up Bus, I think I was probably my first year in the business. And I just remember a manager coming out. And I was probably standing outside, probably doing something I wasn't supposed to, right? And I got yelled at, hey, Jason. What are you doing, waiting around for the up bus? Get inside and make some phone calls. You know, and that was kind of like up bus. So what is this thing? And I had to ask around. It's like I don't even know how it started. Yeah, it used to be like a like a cattle prod, such a negative like, thing, right? That you right? just poke somebody. You're like, what are you doing, waiting on the up bus? Why, why are you doing? Yeah, that? why are you doing right? that? But um, I love that you guys are turning it into a a proactive thing. Well, that's right, right? Because if you think about it, like the the whole idea of the waiting for this up bus or waiting for this unicorn to yeah. show up at your dealership was this very reactive thing you know and it's like we're saying hey look something that we've joked about in the industry i don't know how far back the joke goes i have no idea i know for at least 30 years because i think they were doing it with like model t's (laughs) sitting there (laughs) like stop waiting for the model c to come around get inside and um telegram some people (laughs) that's funny so you know we're we're trying to take something that's negative where we're going to make it a positive thing and it's all about being proactive right and you know honestly when i think of some of the most proactive people I know in the business, you totally come to mind, right? Not only Thanks. just the way that you guys run your dealership, but also the way that you run VinQ. So it's just like, I, that's what, that's what I want to start today's kind of conversation, right? Is when you think of being proactive, you know, in your, in your operations, your day-to-day operations, what comes to mind for you? Well, so you're not just at Country Hill Motors, you're also at the VinQ Incubator, uh, mm. because something that we just learned 
is innovation happens here. And as somebody who loves technology, it's like super easy to start imagining what you're going to build and create. Um, but if you're not on the front line, actually testing it and smoothing mm -hmm. out processes and actually making a process better, then you're just creating a shiny object. You're not creating like a, a weapon or a capability that's actually going to enhance something. And that was a big lesson for me and a big lesson for our team mm -hmm. because I can't tell you how often we get excited about shiny objects. I mean, we sell them for a living, right? <laughs> that, you notice the FJ, <laughs> yeah. um, which by the end of the show, I hope we're doing a contract right here. We'll put a yeah, little... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, hon, I'm coming home <laughs> with an orange FJ. <laughs> It'll look good. It will. Um, so... Yeah, so it's just that. It's 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 not overly complicated in the idea, for sure. Innovation happens on the front line, yeah. and as long as we can keep that intention and understanding that um, whether it's our developers, whether it's our salespeople, whether it's our performance managers, whether it's uh, our salespeople, we're staying honest to the mission and the vision, then we can move the industry forward. And the industry moves forward when we can get audience on our vehicles um, and our vehicles stand tall in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and who makes them stand tall? We do. So it's, it's that cycle. But it's not waiting for that to happen. It's not waiting See, for that you know, to happen. I, yep. you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to interview hundreds of dealers across the country. And you know, the one thing I have found super consistent, and I would say what I consider to be an operator. I don't consider everyone to be an operator, right? But what I really find, I find someone consistent as far as being an operator is that mindset. Yeah around just like they're not thinking of I mean they're they're doing the now like in the moment and then you know but but their mind is three months from now or, or the third quarter of next year or five years from now like what is you know how, what do I need to be to be proactive and you know those are the dealers that always succeed so uh, you know how did you know you, you guys really kind of at the dealership level you know embody kind of that proactive uh, nature now was that just something that came natural to you or was it just no okay. no I've said this like a thousand <laughs> times and I'll say it again people are probably tired of me saying it but pain pushes vision pulls mm. you're either pushed by pain to the point where you're like ah man screw this I'll never succeed I got to get out of this place it's not right whatever or you have this moment where you go, man, I have an idea, I have vision. And then all of a sudden vision grabs you and it starts pulling you, right? But you don't necessarily know where you're going, yeah. but you know that you're being pulled into the right direction. And then depending on how each of us is built, for me, I start trying to assemble a team of people smarter than me to say, hey, I have this vision, I, I, I will not let go of it. And um, I believe this is the end result that we want, but I don't necessarily know how to get there. Um, and then you start figuring that out. And once you start figuring out how to get there, all of a sudden you have these little wins. Yeah. Um, where you it's, start, a little, it's a little wins, right? It's the little wins. Yeah. Uh, my, my mom taught me when I was a kid. She said, when you're having a bad day, find one thing you can do well and focus <laughs> it around there. There's, a, there's another one. Uh, what's that uh, army general that talks about making your bed in the yes. morning, right? So that's so true. That is so true. And so being proactive starts with the little things. It is. Um, and then in those little things, when you can find ways to be better, then um, all of a sudden others will pick up from that. Mm -hmm. And then when you can take some technology to take the best-in-class processes and scale them, <laughs> now you're helping a lot of people. And that's what I think technology does is it scales process. And but it's, it's, it's those little moments to get to there. It you know, totally I, I think, is. You know, I think a lot of people get stuck in kind of this reactive nature because, 
you know, they don't look at it as the little baby steps to get to the point. Yeah, because right? it's not they, sexy. No, sexy they, they, they want to eat is, the whole elephant yeah. in just one shot. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, like, can I just go out there and just watch? I'll be done with it. Right. It's like, but but no, and and I love. The, so say that one more time. It's pain. Pain pushes. Pain pushes vision. Vision, no. Pain okay. pushes vision pulls. All right. Uh, Pain pushes vision pulls. You guys hear that? I like that. That's going to be the title of this podcast. Um, but but no, you're 100% right. You know, it's like we, we, we feel that pain and then we have the option to either react to it or proactively figure out how I'm not going to feel that pain. That's totally right. Anymore. So I'm, um, uh, today's Thursday. On Tuesdays, we do our calls with Lot Pop, okay. uh, with Steve. And he's awesome, and our team does it. And for us, you know, being proactive and understanding what are our switch opportunities here on the lot, yeah. that's changed the way that we operate in here, right? Because we're looking at it not just from waiting on what leads we can get, but also understanding the assets we have might have a different audience that we didn't consider. And so that's really, really important for our team and empowering them through technology to be able to understand that instead of literally mine for Bitcoin um, on their computers <laughs> to try to understand, okay, who can I sell? Like the old days of going through the white pages and yep. saying, maybe they need a car. <laughs> maybe they need one. Um, you must have worked at the same dealership I worked at when I first uh, started. Yeah, this Here, one? Here's the white pages. Here's the yeah. white pages. Start with, I don't know, uh, A and yeah. go to uh, F. There oh, I did it. I mean, I totally did it. So I'm sorry for those of you that I called. Uh, <laughs> sorry for those of you called. I do remember making those calls. Though. Oh, I totally like, did those I calls. I totally did I those totally calls. I totally did those calls. And, and so, look... Um, 10% better every day. So yeah. cliche, but so true. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm learning, but I'm most importantly super curious. Mm -hmm. And I think that curiosity is infectious. And so when you can inspire others to be curious about the little things, those little things all add up. It's you know small changes, big shifts. Yeah. Well, I go to the little things, and I love this because I really do think little things makes the biggest difference. I mean, actually, I, mean, I think even just the overall experience that the customer has is always little things that really made a big experience yep. to them, right? You know, but, you know, how, how we win on those little things is, as an industry, we got to start documenting better, Do you know? Like, so writing I'll, stuff down, really yeah. just making a note of, like, okay, this is this is a pain and how I'm going to do this. Go ahead, you were thinking. Well, okay, so um, I, I had a, a, a friend of mine share this with me recently. He's a part of a big uh, dealer group. Mm -hmm. And he said, we used to behave like a group of dealers, yep. um, and today we behave like a dealer group. Um I never thought about it that way, right? And when I walk into Target to shop for something, mm -hmm. I don't imagine that the customer service tower is sitting there making decisions <laughs> on what toothpaste to put on the shelf, right? Probably not. <laughs> but at most car dealerships, that's exactly what's happening, mm -hmm. right? We're selling cars and we're online on whatever website trying to make decisions on what cars to immediately buy. And the question is, where do those decisions come from? What data points, what instincts, what ego, what experiences of, oh, you know, I got screwed on the last one or I did well on this one, is causing me to make those decisions. And when we talk about getting better as an industry, really, it's an opportunity to look at other industries that yeah. do really well at supply chain management um, and have perfected the ability to stock product mm. on shelves that lower customer acquisition cost and lower, obviously, advertising and raise the rate of sale and give us the ability to perform at a higher level, which, as you know, affects everyone. Yes. From 
title people, to sales people, to service people. It's the engine that feeds the whole organization. So for us, being curious about uh, what insights we're delivering to our team is critical. Mm. Um, and that's why uh, the marriage of NQ and Country Hill is so important to me. But it's grown so much, right? Because you have to have the stomach to test live because it doesn't it doesn't always work it doesn't right always work. It doesn't always but work. that's the point is break it fast yeah break it as fast as possible because when you do that now all of a sudden you're like i know what not to do right it's actually another good reason i actually i think i'm glad that you brought that up because i'm just trying to think of why some people are kind of stuck in this reactive you know rut and and sometimes i think maybe it is because of the fear of, of failing you know because you are you're gonna you're gonna make some mistakes you're going to break some eggs. Um, I always like to kind of call it as like we're building the car as we're driving it. We are. Totally. <laughs> right? And sometimes changing the tires as it's making a like, corner as a, <laughs> at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but that that is that proactive nature. But, it, you know, going back to what you were just saying earlier, when it comes to, you know, the, uh, the inventory that we have on the lot, the age of that inventory, um, the retention problems that we might have in our fixed ops, like it's like. We don't have those problems. We had those problems. We just chose to deal with them later down the road, and we start being reactive. You know, and I still find, like, as an industry, we're still, you know, uh, there's some great operators out there. If you're listening to this and you guys aren't great, uh, if you're working with guys like VinQ and LawPop, I know you're not. So, um, but, <laughs> but, but there still seems to be this kind of epidemic where it's just, I'm gonna wait until it's a problem, and then I'll, and then I'll, well, cult- and then I'll yeah. But the I, I will tell you, the culture drives all that. So if, mm, if there's okay, there if go. there's uh, leaders that say, hey, there's always a better way because mm-hmm. software's never done, yeah, business is never done. It's not like we create something and say, here, it's, we're, we're good, it's done forever. Um, it's quite the opposite. It's this is a living thing that has a heartbeat, um, and then there's there are people behind every one of these. Um, car sales. There's people behind every insight and any piece of data behind VinQ. They're actively working and sitting and curating that information so that it's live and accurate, not looking at old things, but looking at current things to make mm-hmm. current decisions. That's really, really important. Um, but we only learn to understand those things are important either through making mistakes or others telling us, right? Um, I in uh, middle school and high school, I was always drawn to leadership classes, um, but I never understood like how do you define a leader? Like mm-hmm. what is a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, I had imposter syndrome of imagining, you know, as a young guy who wanted to be an adult since he was six, uh, <laughs> I, I thought I was like, why would anybody listen to me, right? Or on the flip side, I've always been attracted to mentors, and I'd be like, what do they want out of this? Like, you know, is there something that they uh, are trying to uh, um, get out of this relationship sure. that, that like, money or whatever? So when I understood that leadership really comes down to having strong vision yeah. and the ability to be curious enough that the pain no longer matters um, – that's critical. Mm-hmm. And I heard the, the, the former CEO of ChatGPT, now working for Microsoft, say this the other day, which I just loved. He said, um, burnout in any industry is really only when you do things that don't work. Mm-hmm. When they work, it's you, fuel. You, yeah, it, it, you keep moving you forward. Keep moving forward. You keep moving forward. But when you keep doing the same thing that doesn't work, yeah, you burn out. <laughs> Makes sense? Definition of insanity. Right? Definition of insanity. So... <laughs> Culture, I think, is in charge of that. And whether your culture is just you, um, then be mindful of who is putting 
wisdom into your brain. Mm -hmm. Who are your friends? Who are the people around you? And are they cheering you on? And are they helping you? If it's you and maybe a couple others, protect that team and um, and and identify the leader and let that leader lead. Really let it, them take ownership of it. That's right. Be and the captain. Them. That's right. right. And support them because it's a skill. And then when you have a, an organization that is maybe 50 or 100 or, or more than that, then it's really important that trust exists because you can't scale an organization without trust. 100%. Um, the moment you start micromanaging or getting in there and um, uh, making things personal is, is uh, uh, can get really dangerous really fast because innovation stalls. It does. It, it really does, right? I want to I step back a little bit and kind of uh, look at some of the, uh, the pains that you guys went through your journey. Right, because I'm thinking that there are definitely some people out there that are watching or listening right now, and you know, and probably in a similar situation, you know, they've start to feel the pains or start to notice the pains or maybe even start documenting them. But what were some of those aha moments for you guys that were just like, look, we 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 got to stop to what we were saying. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting some different results. What were a couple of those moments to say, like, okay, nope. We're going to just decide to do a different direction, own this pain, and figure out a better way. What was some of those at the dealership that you, you noticed for yourself? I think we're all sensitive to different things. For me, I would always hear, man, we have all these meetings and none of this stuff sticks. Like mm -hmm. I would hear that okay. all the time. And at some point, I had to turn that off. Mm -hmm. And I had to go, okay, maybe that's a pattern that people are feeling or seeing, but I am not going to let that stick to me. Instead, I am going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. So what I chose to do as a leader is um, not get stuck in the negative, but only get stuck in the positive to say, I hear you. So that fuels me forward. And so then I would start taking those things that we discussed and making sure that I was the leader of mm -hmm. that correction, whether it was something uh, in service that we had to correct uh, or a new process we had to install. Like right now here, um, we're trying to upgrade our trade appraisal process so that our okay. salespeople um, have more technology in their hands in order to, um, um, uh, we want to dictate a little bit more on that trade appraisal process. So you as a customer yes. come into us and don't get a different trade number depending on which manager or salesperson you get. Okay, uh, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering kind of yeah. what what was the what was the process? What were you seeing? What was the pain? Yeah, that was, it was one kind of example. An inconsistent, and just you know, if I went to Bob, Bob could give me one price. If, if, if I came back, if you were trading later, a, if you're trading for a 18 Ford Explorer, yeah. and uh, Bob traded for one last week and got hurt on it, mm -hmm. then he's going to be super conservative with you relative mm. to John, who had a great experience with a Ford Explorer, and all of a sudden now you're getting two trade numbers. But yeah. that that is based on what I call ego. And yeah. so we try to take that and add science to it to say, what was the reconditioning amount? What were the issues on that? How do we add like an OBD2 scanner or any kind of technology to this so that we can add more uh, skill sure. to that transaction? And then how do we scale that to our salespeople? So, so today in VinQ, they're scanning the car, they're getting the data uh, of the vehicle, both uh, mechanical and cosmetic. Yep. And it uh, in that inspection then initiates the desk the desk does what we call two-hand touch, where we get more than one set of eyes on that appraisal, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then we're off to the races. Um, and so it, what it's done is it's created a lot more collaboration for us. Um, and Because you now can have two parties working yeah, together on that's this. That's right. Ah, okay, I yeah. get it, I get it. It's a, it's a check and balance kind it's of It's a system, checks and balance. Right? And the whole goal is two conversion points. Uh, 
days to market. Yep. How quickly can we get it online? And what's the best information we can get to our fixed team so that they can know the complaints we have so they can give us the correct corrections we need? Then days to sale. That's the collaboration portion. That's the collaboration portion. Oh, no, see, that makes sense. I mean, look, you know, I, I've definitely seen this as a pattern in some of the best operators out there that I've spoken to or had an opportunity to podcast with too, is, you know, they really do, they, they really, really strive to break down the silos inside of a dealership. You uh, know? I call those, I call those <laughs> islanders. Um, <laughs> well, like Morris Code, how you guys talk to each other? Hey, well, what are you doing over there? So you said pain. <laughs> like, that's another thing I used to hear all the time. Like, well, nobody else can do it, so I have to do it. Yes. Um, I'm sensitive to that because Anytime you have silos, or I call them islanders, um, islanders feel like they're always on an island, and they feel like I'm the only one that can do this. And it's not just dangerous to that person, but it's more dangerous, quite frankly, to the group, because mm. nobody builds equity in the solution. Of course. And the goal is to build equity in the solution, and to suffer it together, and then to win together. That creates, in my opinion, winning cultures and winning teams. Mm-hmm. It, it truly, it truly does, right? And also getting back to that, the, the culture part. You know, the culture part, right? Because you know, once we start breaking down those silos and those teams, you know, really start collaborating. You know, that's a word I think I'd like to hear more. What's that? Collaborating. Yeah, for Do sure. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm just thinking of like you know all of the three letter acronyms and four letter words that we use inside of a car dealership. <laughs> we we have very specific language that we use in the car dealership. Hence the up bus. What does that mean to anybody except automotive, right? Um, But collaboration, that is a word I'd like to hear more being used. And show show winning success uh, uh, success stories of it, right? I I served on the chamber board uh, here in Kansas City for seven years, uh, and uh, diversity was a big conversation. Of course. But it's such a word that nobody knew in the early days of what to do with. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you mean diversity? I just need more... Uh, black people, more Chinese people, yeah. and more Indian people, and more white people. Do I need to maintain like, a ratio? Like, what's going on? Right. <laughs> it, it was, was it butts and seats? And once we asked the right questions, mm-hmm. um, and once we understood what success looks like, and then once we understood the benefit of actually having diversity, yeah. now it all made sense. And collaboration's no different. Uh, it's really, really important that if you imagine that you're going to build or scale a car dealership or a technology company. Sure. Um, trust, as we all know, is earned, but it's only earned through suffering through whatever pain and then onto vision mm-hmm. it takes to actually make the thing you're doing successful. I like this. You know, like I'm just trying to think of collaboration. I'm thinking one of the reasons why we haven't uh, seen a lot of collaboration in between the different silos or the different islands inside of our dealership. I'm going to ask you a, a hairy question. Um, it's got some hair on it, so we'll see. All right. Do you feel, is it because of the way we compensate our teams that we're not leaving space for collaboration? When you say we, um, do you industry. mean Country Hill or do you mean industry? industry? Um, okay, so... Are we talking salespeople? Yeah. Okay. So a salesperson is... I find rabbit holes. I'm totally going down one right no, now. No, let's so. do it. So <laughs> um, this was a, a learning I had 15 years ago. Okay. Uh, I was like, we need to write thank you cards. We need to write thank you cards. And I could not get for the life of me to anybody for anybody to write a thank you card. Sure. And then I was like, okay, Dennis, you and me, we're the thank you card people. I was like, if we lead by example, everyone will write thank you cards. <laughs> and guess what? Only Dennis and I consistently <laughs> wrote thank you cards. Wrote. And then I was like, why? Like, mm. why are people not doing this? And I discovered that the comp plan incentivizes sales. Mm-hmm. And if you're not actively behaving in a way that sells cars, everything else is a distraction. 
So when you change the comp plan to allow space for proactive type of behavior, yep. which is writing thank you cards, which is um, uh, cultivating uh, new audiences for your dealership through social media, yep. which is doing things that actually help and give breathing room to your sales team to not feel like they have to be staring out a window and waiting for the up bus. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, you've done something foundationally that helps the team and helps the culture. So um, we don't compensate that way. Uh, we compensate with um, um, a really... Uh, generous base yes. and a really generous, um, uh, uh, proactive approach, so that salespeople can can have the breathing room to be good humans uh, and meet our customers online or in store. Uh, and 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 something we've been talking about a lot is uh, trade cycle management. Yeah, who's the best at it? In my opinion, is Apple. Every time they 100%. come out with a new phone, right? Everybody's like, in line waiting. What, here it is. What here version is that? I'm. I, I just ordered my newest one. So this I just is got the, my newest oh, one. Did you just get so trade cycle management, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. So how can we have true trade cycle management in a car dealership if we're always only after new customers? Hundred percent. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I actually was told by uh, an incredible mentor many many years ago, um, and this was when I was back in sales. He goes, Jason, you need to sell 500 cars. That's it. What? What are you talking about? I need to sell 500 cars. Like, so, so what? I'm going to work at this for a couple of years and be done with this? Like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? He goes, no, you need 500 customers, and then just you own those relationships, you develop those relationships, and that will feed you for your entire career. And it was a mind-opening experience. Like, what a challenge, right? Really think about being proactive, sure. right? I mean, if we told our sales team that you can only sell 500 cars in your career. God, that would be a really different approach to how I sell every single one of those and how I how I create that unique customer experience. You know, look, I love that. I look, I did not intend to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm so glad we went down this rabbit hole. I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time, and I and I bet you we could probably make compensation like an entire podcast, you know, pretty much in itself, right? You know, but but before I let you go, I have to say thank you. Yeah, this has been so much. I always love jamming with you, man. This, this is, is always fun. fun, and it's a beautiful day out here in it's Kansas a, City. It's a beautiful day in Kansas City. I stole the bus from Jason rice and and told him thank i'm you, gonna jason. go thanks jason thank you <laughs> thank you you know uh but hey before i let you go for everybody out there watching listening right yeah. now who would maybe like to connect with you or kind of follow along sure. you know with your with your company's journeys what's the best way to connect okay so i'm an operator um i that's that's also why i'm here in the morning um and then i go to vinq and i spend the rest of my day there uh, i love being on the front line so uh, you can literally text me call me email me any of those things uh, but find me on social media. Like I'm on yeah. all the, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. Shoot me a note. And uh, because I'm an operator, that, that's like my love language. Yeah. So anytime we get into talking about how do we solve this. And right now I think is a really interesting time it because um, supply is back, specifically used cars, um, <laughs> and demand's down. And so when demand is down, what does that mean? We need audience. Yes. We need customers, right? And in order to have customers, uh, we have to be more surgical about mm -hmm. uh, our efforts and our time so that we're not doing um, the old spray and pray technique with mail, but actually understanding how to uh, attract the right audience for the inventory you have and then replenish that, uh, that inventory w with cars that are going to produce even more audience, right? That's the cycle yeah. that um, I want to be talking about. And so uh, reach out to me if any of this stuff um, got you curious, and then maybe we can jam out. Awesome. Hey, guys, you heard it. I know. Danny, thank you so much, man. Thanks, man. It's been a lot of fun. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Up Bus Podcast with your hosts, Jason Harris and Jason Rice. To stay up to date with all our content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.